Hey guys, if you are a father who would like to have a deeper relationship with your son, if you have a son that you're trying to pour into and develop, if you want to help your son see the greatness that you know he has in his life, I've got a very special event coming up June 23rd through 27. We are going to be in Cleveland National Forest. My father's coming with me, Who my, the man who you hear me talk about all the time, who helped me become who I've become in life. We're going to be doing a father-son rite of passage event, Map and Compass Land Navigation. I'll be teaching you how to use Map and Compass in the exact same place that I learned in Navy SEAL training. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll, rem- you'll have these memories for the rest of your life. If you want to find out more, you can click the link in the description below. We've only got 16 spots available and we've already sold a few of those you can find out more at the impossible.life slash legacy navigators the water sun and soil approach you know if you put a seed in at the right time in good soil you water it and it gets sun you expect it to grow you don't sit there and go like oh my gosh i can't believe this plant grew you also don't go like oh man i wonder if it's going to work like you expect these things to happen And you also don't give up after a month of being like, well, you know, I thought I was going to grow a tomato plant and it's not, you know, I'm just, it's only six inches because you know it takes time, right? But people do this all the time in so many areas of their life, not just their business. Water, sun, and soil and those principles of growth apply to anything. That's impossible. Let me tell you what I believe. But your weakness is not your technique. Yes! Yes! Don't think you are. Know you are. The Impossible Life Podcast. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. This is the Impossible Life Podcast because Nick and I are attempting to live impossible lives. What we know is that nothing is impossible. So instead of using impossible as an excuse to not try, we'll use the pursuit of impossible as an accelerant for greatness. If something's never been done before, that just means it's unexplored. If they tell you it's too hard, it's just waiting to be simplified. Impossible is a default label used by uncourageous people unwilling to take a risk. The real truth is this. The solution to any impossible task starts with this question. If I had to, what would it take? What would it take? Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Life Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick Surface, and I'm looking across at a man in a category that only contains him and Bigfoot, in that they've never had a picture of themselves that wasn't blurry. That's right, friends. The former <laughs> Navy SEAL, Garrett Unklebach, a man so stealthy that cameras can't even get him in focus. Nick is uh, hes actually roasting himself today. No, I'm really not. I, I, you've not had that much of an influence on me <laughs> that I roast myself. Well, what he's referring to is we shot some videos today that were all out of focus, and Nick was filming, so I think that's where he got his content from. That is where I got the content from. That part is true. Uh, I'm not going to go ahead. And, I'm going to go ahead and show some equanimity and not respond the way that I want to because <laughs> there is a, some other extenuating factors that came into play there, uh, and my back was also sore from carrying Garrett. Anyways, uh, yeah. Today's episode is about growth. Garrett, why don't you tell people what today's episode is about? Because you're the one who instigated it. Yeah, so uh, we've been talking about some of my favorite topics here lately, the last few episodes. I, I hope you all enjoyed the Rod episode before oh, that. So good. Uh, yeah, Rod Vilhauer, amazing. Um, you know, our, I don't know if my voice will ever measure up next to Rod's, so there'll be a limited amount of times yeah. that we'll have Rod as a guest. <laughs> Mostly because he makes me feel bad. <laughs> but before that, we were talking about purpose. We were talking about culture. These are some of my favorite topics. These are some of the things that I can always talk about. And something that Nick talks about a lot is the water, sun, and soil. These Word. are the things that can help your business always grow. And so I, I said, Nick, why don't we talk about some of these things today? Um, so we're going to put Nick on the spot a little bit, and yeah. Nick is going to lead us in the water, sun, and soil. But if you're not a business owner, don't don't just tune out. This this is for everyone. We've got so many business owners and entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast. Yeah. We have many entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast, and some people would take that as a negative term. There's many of you that I know that listen to this podcast, listen to every episode, and you have just started a business. You're on your side hustle. You have a desire to start a business. This is for you guys too, yeah, and it's even for those of you who work inside of a business. You're an entrepreneur. Right, you're someone who's helping grow someone else's business. These are the things that always lead to growth, and not even just a business, 
right? Everything we do here at The Impossible Life is going to be principle-based. So this is the principles that will help a business always grow, but you can take these same principles and help anything grow with it. So this is the water, sun, and soil. This is for business owners, but it's not just for business owners. Wherever you are, whatever you do, your role and your job is to be fruitful, and this is going to help you be fruitful. Yeah, we're going to apply the principles of growth specifically to business, and I, I hope you guys see how that goes. But what you can take heart in as we go on is that Principles, the great thing about principles, they're not industry specific. These are not, we're not using domain principles here. Uh, You'll understand what we mean as we get into it. But the point is, is you can start to identify the water, sun, and soil for all sorts of areas in your life. And when you get that, now you know how to make any area of your life grow. And that's incredibly valuable. But we're talking about businesses today, G. And in 2020, according to the World Economic Forum, U.S. business applications doubled. Not a shock, considering that COVID happened. But in 2021, uh, they broke a record again. 5.4 million new business applications were filed. Wow. And, and then 5.1 million were filed in 2022. So there's a lot of new businesses being being uh, opened. Now, here's the bad Thus, news. the IRS hired more well, people. I think that has more to do with... Uh, our leadership than it does it, the it, IRS. It does. But anyways, totally does. let's not let's not go down that rabbit <laughs> hole. Um, so, but the thing is, BG, uh, unfortunately, it's not all roses because twenty point eight percent, so a little bit more than one in five, failed within a year of the businesses that were open in twenty twenty one. Do you have stats? Is that different than what it was years before that? I'm glad you asked, Gary. It's almost like you, he actually didn't see these beforehand. <laughs> so, but that's yeah, great great transition, dude. You're actually getting good at this podcasting stuff. I'm proud of you. Forty <laughs> uh, percent of businesses established in two thousand two failed during the first three years, and 50% of of businesses established in 2002 failed within five years. So I think that that 20%, 21% stat is pretty much on par. It, yeah. it sounds like it's right on because if it gets to 40 by three and half by 2002. So just to make sure I'm understanding this right. Here we go. The failure rate on businesses stayed the same, even though the amount of businesses starting increased. Very good point, G. Yes, I hadn't actually put that together. Yeah, you're I right. Think I th- that's one of the, uh, so just to make a quick side connection here, um, one of the things they tried to do in special operations funnels, I just know a lot about the Navy SEAL funnel because I participated in it. Yeah. Um, and they spent so much money trying to make more SEALs. And they did bigger classes. They did bigger, um, I would say, top-level funnels, right, to get candidates in. And everything they did to try and make more SEALs, the same amount came really? out the other end. Yeah. That's amazing. So the attrition rate just went up. Yeah. They, they, they couldn't change the huh. amount of SEALs that were being made. I, I say that. that to say I think it's interesting that the failure rate stayed the same as more businesses increased. Right. You would think if there's more opportunity in a growing economy that like more businesses would succeed, like there's only so many types of people that wouldn't make it in types of uh, markets where you couldn't make it. But the failure rate just stayed the same. I think that's interesting. I think that's interesting as well. That, the marketer in me that loves analytics is, um, yeah, I'd lo- I wish I could look at some digital that, that, it, that it didn't either increase or decrease. Yeah. Right. I think that's interesting. If the mark, if the number of businesses being created increased but the failure rate stayed the same that says a lot more about a general lack of understanding of principles right. than it does about like an overcrowded or undercrowded market i would love to see if the drop-off rates were at the same places or if there was based on increasing the amount of people in the top funnel if they had people quitting earlier because they were lowering their standards well before we get too nerdy yeah, on say, stats I'm, I'm very I, this is like my language anyways <laughs> i was so, i was triggering the marketer in you yeah and i very curious about data now Here's what I will say. The great thing about this is you kind of transition once again very well, Garrett, uh, to the prerequisites for growing a business. And there's a couple things, right? The prerequisites are for growing a business are one, opportunity is everywhere. And I, nothing will remind me of this more than when I move back from the UK to, to San Diego. In the UK, it's built on an old infrastructure. So like you have towns and cities, and then you have these roads that connect to other towns and cities, and there's nothing. There's just fields everywhere. Then you get to another town, and all towns and cities are built the same. They have a city center. They have a main street, which they call the high street. You have a church and all this different stuff. It's literally the same template everywhere you go. And I remember we landed in California. We were driving down the 78, for those of you that are in California area. So we were driving, we were coming back from LAX, down the 5, down the 78. And everywhere we went on both sides of the freeway, there was nothing but just industry parks, strip malls, like business parks. I, I, I remember I was coming back. I was like, oh my gosh, there's literally opportunity everywhere. Because all these businesses all have to stay open somehow, which means that they're getting enough to do that. And I and it just, like when they say America is the land of opportunity, I promise you it is. And if you don't believe that, go live somewhere else for a little while and you'll realize how fortunate we are. Absolutely. So you got to believe that opportunity is everywhere. And you also got to believe that you can do it. 
right? I mean, you talked about that they tried to increase the seal funnel. And I mean, you've talked about your own seal journey. You have to have, this is, again, this, this podcast isn't just for business owners, right. but say you, whether you have a business and you're trying to grow it, whether you have just started a business or want to start a business and you want to see it grow, whether you're in somebody else's business and you want it to grow, whether you have a marriage and you want it to grow, whatever it is, mm, yes. you have to know that it's possible that growth can happen. Yeah. If you pre-decide, uh, I can't because of X, it'll never grow. Yeah. If you say, my business could never, now there's, there's too much competition, I'm in the wrong market, whatever it is, you could say all of these things to why you can't grow. And it's right. Yeah. Right. Henry you Ford. have to believe that it's possible for you to grow. Yeah. Oh, we need like a Henry Ford, like, oh, go horn or something. Cause then we could <laughs> quote him. We quote him a lot, but whether you think, whether you, can, you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. It's a self-fulfilling belief. And it's, and we say that quote all the time, it's, but dude, uh, it's so good. It's one of, it was one of the first quotes in my life. Yeah. He got it tattooed on his back in it. It's uh, tattooed on my brain. Oof. <laughs> Very good. Well done. All right. Now we like to uh, lay things out for you guys. We also like to break down misconceptions and Garrett talked about one right there that I want to make sure I break down. There's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, you need luck. You know, you need luck to your make, make your business go right. And I, I love the, the quote on luck that it's prep, preparation meeting opportunity. The better you get, the more lucky you get. Right. But and I believe it was Thomas Edison who said, I found that the harder I worked, the yes, luckier I that, got. Yeah, that was the quote I was thinking of. I couldn't remember. Uh, but here's the thing. When we're talking about building a business and making a business grow, one thing you should know about Garrett and I, and we've talked about it in the past few weeks, and, and it's something that we've long held true, we don't, building a business is not to make money. Are there people that I know and could give you names of and examples that were in the right place and right time and made a lot of money? Definitely. But that's not the type of thing that we're talking about. We're not saying like, hey, this is just how you make a buck. There's a million other podcasts and all sorts of things on, the, on social media. There, there's that people that... If you want to build a business that lasts, right. it needs to be built on principles. And uh, if you want to know how, like, think, if you just study the economy, study the American economy, study the American stock market, go back and look at some of the big, you'd like, oh, think, wow, those guys, they made so much money. If I could just do what they did, they were focused on money. Yeah. And some of the biggest names on the stock market 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, things that are in some of your top index portfolios today, they won't be here 10 years from now. They won't be here 20 years from now. They will die because they've been focused only on money. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And so we're not, when we're talking about this, we're not talking about like, hey, here's what you do to make money. And you'll see what we're talking about in a minute. So let me, let me I'm going to look at this from a marketing perspective. I've been a marketing consultant for, what did I say, Garrett? I did the math, 15 years, over 15 yeah. years. It was crazy. And um, I've done a lot of different things, worked with a lot of different companies in a lot of different circumstances and watched marketing technology grow. You've from worked with, I mean, you've worked with some of the biggest companies that people would know of. You've worked with like some small boutique companies from yeah. coffee to, to mountain bike products, baseball products, venture capital backed fin financial tech. If you know what that is, I mean, I've literally worked in, I've, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I was about to name. Yeah, but a, you a ton of different, you've worked but, with all kinds of yeah, products. I've worked in a lot of different products, a lot of different industries, business to business models, business to consumer. So what I'm going to bring you is a, a principle-based approach like Garrett said and this has come from a, a lot of experience and seen a lot of things uh, but this is well, if I'm going to oversimplify marketing for everybody this is really what it is and I think you'll understand that this is when you win if you get the right message in front of the right people at the right time you'll win I think most people will be like yeah that's marketing that's it's oversimplified but it's extremely true yeah right get the right message in front of the right people at the right time when you uh, i love the way alex formosi talks about it yeah. about, he talks about the hot dog stand right right yep like you don't have to have the best hot dogs but when you've got a hot dog stand on the street in new york city when people are hungry you'll sell all of your hot dogs yeah i think he talks about you want to get a bunch of college students coming out of a game when there's yeah, no when there's starved, starved college students coming out of a football game when there's no other food you around. could have you could have terrible hot dogs that cost nine dollars you'll sell all of them yeah i always say the best marketing uh, power that you can get is context. Think about how many companies blew up in COVID. Peloton, Zoom, like we could keep going down the list right. of the companies I worked with because context changed. And when context go changes, there's always opportunity. And that's that's the thing, by the way, that people confuse for luck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Oh, the Peloton just got lucky. All these companies just got lucky. Yeah, and what they were doing for years before was their preparation. And then they met opportunity. So good, good luck to them. Now, what I'm going to say, so this is a principle-based approach. Now, what are principles? Principles are repeatable, observable truths that you can observe, and if you know them, they, they dictate results. So if you know that they're there, you can navigate them. If you don't know they're there, you're going to constantly bump into them and wonder why you can't succeed. Right. Garrett says all the time, 
sowing and reaping is one of the greatest comforts we have. It's my, it's my number one encouragement, right. right? I don't need like, I don't need to be encouraged in my business because I know if I sow seed, right? If you, if you have a seed and you know what it is and you put it in the ground, if you even know what side of, type of seed it is, you'll put it in the ground at the right time. You can't just throw any seed into any ground, but if you know enough about your seed, you put it in the ground at the right time, you give it enough water, you give it enough sunlight, it's going to grow. Yeah. Right? You don't have to you don't have to do anything else. And this is by, by the way, this is principle based. This is the way that God made the universe. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's so you, you see people succeed on a principle level that have no relationship with God, that may have a awful relationship with God, that may be hateful of God, right? But because they know principles and they honor principles, they see results. Now that's completely uh, irrelevant of favor, and that's a different conversation. But when you know that when you know the world is governed by principles, because God made a world of order, you know that if I do the right things in the right order, I'll get the right results. Yeah, and that's hugely encouraging because what does it say? It says the world's not chaos. It says that there's order, and if you can figure out, that's why I said water, sun, and soil. If you can figure out the elements and the na- and navigate those principles, you can start to generate results you with know, certainty. One of the things that I think people misunderstand about that. Yeah, and there's certain temperaments and personalities of people that don't like to work with other people but because they think that people are not a part of that process but right. people are principled too mm. right you just have to the same way that you have to understand a seed that you have to understand soil you have to there's biology yeah. right in that there's a you if you can just understand people then you can understand that how they work as well and i think what a lot of people will do with a business or just with the, their whatever they're trying to grow in general they don't, they, when things don't work, when they have issues, they're like, oh, well, this person did that and this person did that and they want to ignore principles. Mm-hmm. But principles work irrelevant of who you are or whatever you believe. Principles work all the time. Principles govern outcomes. And so this, what, what this has done for me in my life is when I put a seed in the ground and I thought I watered it right and it didn't grow, I'm not like out there yelling at people like who's, right. who stepped on my seed, right? Right. I'm saying, man, what did I miss? Right. Right. What do I need to learn? And it's such a great mindset to have when you can, when you start to discover principles and then you also have the mindset of if I can get the principles right, I'm going to get it right. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's uh, there's core principles which are true in all realms, and then there's domain principles. So I'm not going to get too deep into that. If you're in mindset mastery, you're going, "Ha, I remember this," because we covered it back in July. If you're not, be a lot cooler if you were. <laughs> but uh, well, we're real quick. Tell them what mindset mastery is, Nick. Uh, mindset. I know we weren't going to plug that we, today, but we weren't at all. You mentioned it. So well, mindset mastery is basically our it's our twenty it's our twenty percent of mental tools that will solve eighty percent of your problems. If you think about, it, you have a hammer, a saw, a screwdriver, and a wrench. That'll do most things that you need to build stuff, right? Every once in a while, you need an angle grinder, you need a table saw or things like that. But for the vast majority that you come across, those tools will work. That's what we give you in Mindset Mastery. We give you mental tools that you can use to apply things for self-confidence. If you have issues with getting results, like we talked about in principles, if you have pain from the past, if you suck at time management and you wish you had more. I mean, there's so many things. We covered that last month. This month, we've been talking about identity. Right. And we we literally go through all these things and help you Let's jump back in here. But if if they want to find out more about... Uh, mindset mastery if they want to join where do they do that at well i will put a link in the show notes uh because i don't remember the url off the top of my head (laughs) anyways thanks for putting me on the spot there g (laughs) definitely not planned i appreciate you always keep me on my toes so principles going back to that so the core principles that we're talking about i'm going to look at growth the principles of growth and the the reason i say these are core because this is true no matter what domain you put them in are repetition consistency and time what does that mean repetition you got to keep doing it. No one has ever grown by eating once and being like, yeah, I'm good. I watered it one time. Why is it not what? growing? Right. Yeah. I, I ate like three weeks ago. I put my plant outside in the sun yesterday. Why hasn't it grown? I worked out when I was 12. We could keep going on this. I, re- <laughs> I read a book once. Yeah, okay. that, that, Why am I not making money? I breathed 10 minutes ago, right? Like we, we <laughs> but seriously, like we're, these are hiding in plain uh-huh. sight all the time. And then the consistency doesn't mean like as we say, consistent over time. It's consistency like how much, right? You can, oh, I could take everything that a plant needs to grow. Oh, I, f- I found this UV light. I got all the water. I figured out how much it needs for five years and I got all the soil and I just dumped it all on the seed. That's going to die, right? You have to right. have the repetition in the right amount over Consi- a long period because of time. The, the other part of consistency is time. Right. And growth takes time. Right. And consistency, how much, right? And how much repetition, how often, time. Do you do those things? I mean, we, that applies to anything, whether you eat, you work out, whatever you want. So anyways, I just want to make sure that you you have that understanding. So the, you, the, what consistency also teaches you is principles. Yeah. Right. Time. If you try one, if you try to grow a seed one time, right. If you, if you, um, George Washington Carver, 
right? right. You yeah. know, right. Yeah. Everything that he learned about peanuts and all the things that, that he discovered, he did the same exercise in chemistry over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over and over again. And this is how he, this is how he discovered some great principles huh. of chemistry, right? So if you want to really like learn and become an expert in your field on something, and I'm just pulling some thoughts out of my head from like yeah. seventh grade, but if you want to just <laughs> exercise uh, principles and learn how to be great at something, consistency is an incredibly valuable tool. When I look at my father, when I look at other people who have a greatness in some area of their life, it comes from consistency. Man, seventh grade Garrett, what a guy. Appreciate that. <laughs> so, um, so the the we say all that for the principles of growth repetition uh, growth is repetition consistency and time and we talked about sowing and reaping what what i really want you to get is this is a an approach to things and it's the water sun and soil approach like what garrett said you know if you put a seed in at the right time in good soil you water it and it gets sun you expect it to grow. You don't sit there and go like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this plant grew. You also don't go like, oh man, I wonder if it's going to work. Like you expect these things to happen. And you also don't give up after a month of being like, well, you know, I thought I was going to grow a tomato plant and it's not, you know, it's, I'm just, it's only six inches because you know it takes time, right? But people do this all the time in so many areas of their life, not just their business. Like I said, this is this water, sun and soil and those principles of growth apply to anything. You want to grow yourself personally? Like, oh, well, you know, I read books for a week. I read books for a month. I worked out for a month. Well, good. How about doing it for six years? When I think about seed, this is just maybe a rabbit hole for a second. But when I think about all the different types of seed, when I think about water, sun, and soil, um, and this is just, you know, this is what God started us with in the very beginning. And I think there's so much principle in the world that God made for us. You have a lot of different types of seed. You have annual and perennial seed. You have some seeds that they drop in the ground, right? And they grow for one year and they're done. You have other things that you drop them in the ground and they'll grow year after year. You have certain types of plants that the plant that itself is the thing that you want, like grass, right? Mm-hmm. And grass feeds animals. You have other types of plants that they'll grow all this vegetation, but only when they're healthy and in the right time do they produce fruit. Right. And then we also have trees, right? Trees can take years to produce fruit and they continue to grow and get stronger and stronger over time. So sometimes you're building a thing that like, man, this can, uh, you can grow potatoes in a short amount of time, right? There's certain things that you can grow really quickly. There's some things that take a long time to grow. Mm-hmm. There's good. some things that you can grow them, but they won't actually feed you until they're in their greatest capacity, right? Yep. Until they're very healthy. And so I just say that to say, again, this just comes back to a principle-based world. Right. And to that and, and to that point, to highlight that, in business, people can get frustrated if they're not seeing instant results. But it's like, are you trying to grow an oak tree or are you trying to grow some corn? Because corn comes every season, right? Oak trees take a long time. But similar to how you, would, you wouldn't say like, oh, there's something wrong with the water, sun, and soil, you would realize there wasn't enough time. It's not always that clear in business, right? So there's, you know, this is not uh, a guaranteed 50-day approach to tripling your business. Uh, I would never say that. <laughs> but um, the water, sun, and soil theory is, is ex- I wanted to put that out there because when you understand that, it's like, okay, I'm just going to keep at it. I'm going to keep doing these things because I know that this is what leads to results. And so if you get those water, sun, and soil, you know what you have to do to must grow, right? And, and I'm going to apply this to business, but you can have that theory in anything. Before we get a little bit deeper into marketing, I know that as we just look at water, sun, and soil, we need to understand that what, what, are, the, what are the simple things that we need to focus on? Yeah. Because you and I talk about this all the time. I think it's such a great quote that complexity is the enemy of accomplishment. Yeah. Right? When we try... When we overcomplicate things because we don't understand principles when we try to focus on all these methods it's like you know you, you ask the, the right question of what did you do to get that but you think that you know you're asking your neighbor who grows corn what did you do to get that and you don't grow corn you grow something else mm-hmm. and you're trying to just take the one two three step process exactly. you never want to understand why you never want to understand the principles and you actually end up with methods that were never meant to work for you so how do we simplify this down to you know, from the water, sun, and soil in a marketing perspective? Good question, G. Well, you have to understand that this is where we go into the domain principles. The domain here is marketing. So we're going to get into that. To that end, complexity is the enemy of accomplishment. I just want to give a little precautionary tale for people. The number one complexity that comes into business is when people start chasing money. I could go through yeah. so, I, I, like I mentioned. I hope you, you've heard it on this podcast at least once or twice, yeah, right? But, don't, don't chase money. No, but I, I have, I'm not going to use any company names because they were, some of them are recent clients. Some of them were many years ago, but I've watched over and over again as companies lose their way because they start chasing money opportunities. 
COVID was a great example. I used Peloton earlier. I used Zoom, and I don't want to, I don't know the specifics of them enough to talk about. But I did have a client. Not going to mention their name. They were number one in their specific segment in the country. They were, and they got boosted at COVID. Went to seventy five million dollars. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, from, from what? I, 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 I'll just say they blew up. Okay, they went to seventy five million dollars. And then, and then, of course, they got VC-backed money, right? So yeah. venture capitalists came in, saw a model, and said, "Hey, we can have you know, let's let's keep that going." There's obviously something here. Completely ignored context. This company, when I was with them, were spending five hundred to six hundred thousand dollars a month, do across a variety of different. I mean, it, it got to the point where it was hard to tell what was having the most impact because it was Meta, it was Google Ads, it was uh, affiliate, it was influencer, and that may not make sense to you, but I will just tell you that there's a lot of people on YouTube that got paid very handsome sums because they were doing plugs for these. As a matter of fact, I tried to work with one of Garrett's former SEAL friends who has a very big following. <laughs> Anyways, the point being. All these widgets are out there in marketing, and if you don't really understand uh, these principles of marketing, you can start to chase money, and you can start to throw money at things because everybody has a great pitch on what they're going to do for you. Nothing will make things more complex than if you take your eye off the ball of who you are and who you're called to serve and start chasing money. This is some of um, you know that, that sinful mindset, because it's what it is. Yeah. To just chase money is a sinful mindset. That sinful mindset is part of uh, why America is what it is today. Yeah. Uh, I love America. I always exactly. will. I want to make it better. I want to make it uh, restore it, help be a part of restoring it to yes. what it was originally created to be. Capitalism in America is a very uh, watered-down uh, poisoned version of what it used to be. What capitalism is supposed to be is a marketplace where the best bread wins. Yeah. Right. And so everyone should bring their bread to the market. And if your bread tastes the best, if your bread is the most nutritious and your bread has the best price to go with those things that your bread would win and more people would buy your bread. And if you don't make very good bread, no one's going to buy it. Right. Right. This is the way that the economy is supposed to work, but how the economy has worked today because we live in a shareholder economy, this is a world where, well, I can use these ingredients to make a cheaper product that tastes better, but no one's really looking at nutrition. Right. And so we, this is the product that's going to make the most money, not add the most, most value. And this is where we live in like an enriched bleach flour world. Yeah. Right? If you understand what enriched bleach flour is, like this is your uh, miracle mm-hmm. bread, right? Has no nutritional value. It's not good for you. Hurts your gut, all these other things. Well, we live in it, and, and that's also a very profitable product because they make it in a cheap, cheap way. It can last on the shelf for a long time, high margin, terrible for your body. Yeah. Right. But it makes a lot of money. Right. And this is that we live in an enriched, an enriched bleach flour economy where people are no longer focused on adding value. They're focused on making money. But when you have great value, when you know what yeah. adds value and you care about your customer, value always leads to profit. Right. And there's, I mean, some of the businesses I love that do this so well, In-N-Out Burger, they could open up in all sorts of states, but they've kept their, their process limited because they own all, they don't franchise, they own all their locations and they have standards that they want to keep. And honestly, they're happy with their size. I love that. We're serving our customers really well. We are always packed out. They're Christian business as well, which I also love. And they're just, they have a model that Capital works. comes and goes, but value lasts. Yeah, exactly. And to finish the story about that client that will not be named that I work with, <laughs> they, they, of course, were not able to sustain that. So what happens? VCs come in, they try and juice it. It doesn't work. They want to get their money out. People start getting fired. You know, the company's still going, still providing a great service. But it, because they were chasing money, they made some decisions and VCs work this way. They know they don't have to hit on everyone. So these guys are going to be fine. But like, imagine if that was you and you weren't, you don't have a pot of money and you only need one out of 10 to hit. Do you know what their revenue is today? uh, I don't. Oh, I could find out, but I don't because I don't work with them anymore. But uh, that's actually, I I will check it when we get off this because I think I still have access. Anyways, I might edit that out because uh, I shouldn't have access anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Let's move on. The principles of market are, principles of marketing are marketplace, product, and story. Okay, so, so we went from water, sun, and soil. Right. We went from Repeti- We went from uh, repetition, repetition consistency, consistency, and time. And right. now, it's it's yeah. The the product, the market, the the water, sun, and soil theory basically says if I keep doing the right things, I will get the right results. Right. And the principles of growth are repetition, consistency, and time. The the domain principles of marketing are marketplace, product, and story. What, why, does, why does that all tie together? Because once I'm going to fill in what those principles are, and then you'll understand how if you just keep doing what falls into what, what you learn from navigating those principles, you will grow. So what is marketplace? Nate? That's a great question, Garrett. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> okay, so marketplace, and I, I will say that there's a lot of misconceptions. This applies to, remember, this applies to yeah. every, if whether you work in a business, you're at the very beginning of your business, 
I want you to catch these things because Nick and I were talking about um, where we've been at times in our business, friends that we know in their business, they've got one of these things and they're so excited to start their business and we're excited with you. We yeah. want to see you start your business and be great. But there's three things here, marketplace, product, and story, and you've got one of them and you've got half of it figured out and you think you're ready to launch. Yeah. Most people will start with a product, I will say. Yeah. Uh, that, that they is, have a product idea they, yeah. and they think they're like, your product's so great, and, great it, and it will be. But you got two other pieces you got to get right. Right. And a lot of people, they come up with a great product, and then they try and find the people that need it. Mm-hmm. That's whenever you start getting in trouble. And then you try and cram a story in, and you can't figure out why and, it doesn't work. You know work. what? One of the first things we started with is, Nick, right? With The Impossible Life, we started with what? We started with our who. Right. Yeah. That, and that's exactly. So that's the first one. Well done, Garrett. The, the, first, uh, the first part of the pr- principle of marketplace is who. You want to know who you're serving. Now, if you're going to know who you're serving... You need to know who you are first, and, and you need to know what your strengths are. And there's a lot that we could go into that I don't want to, but that's why people usually start with product because they're just doing something that they like. And they're like, oh, I think this is a great idea. Now, a lot of businesses have been very successful from that and figured this out. So if that's you, don't beat yourself up. You can find your way. But uh, the, but if you know who you're serving, you then also know what they, what they care about. You know what their pains are. And also equally as important is you know where they're at. And when I say where they're at, I mean, where do they spend their time digitally? Where do they spend their time in person? There are, if you want to make a lot of money in any business, whatever industry, find the underserved market. Right. If you can, if you can find a group of people, learn to understand them and learn what their needs are, you can add value to them. And when you can add value to them, that value is going to make money. Most people though, they're, this is like their misconception in business about the marketplace is they look at a, they look at a market that they understand. They look at a customer like, Oh yeah, I went, you know, I wish I had been Amazon. I wish I had right. been, there. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, they fit. And now I can't get into it. And there's also a lot of people who jump into that realm and make a lot of money and take money from Amazon. But most people have this misconception that they, the, the only markets they see that work, I can't get into that market because it's oversaturated. Right. But the truth is it's not, you can find a place to carve out value if you can serve the right type of customer customer and serve them well. But also, if you want to make a lot of money, find the underserved markets, find the people that, hey, no one, this product doesn't exist here. These people, everyone here is buying a box and some people here would like a circle. Some people here would like a rectangle, right? And everyone's just selling squares. Why don't I provide a new product to the same customer? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, what are some great identifiers of how to, how to know if you have a viable market? Well, it should be growing. They should be able to afford your service. You should be able to easily target them, right? And then they should have a very obvious pain. If you have those four things, you found yourself a viable market, right? And that's uh, that sounds really easy, but there's a lot more to it than that. I think one of the misconceptions is that people will be like, oh, it's oversaturated. It's oversaturated. They get obsessed with the competition. Thank God not everybody thinks like that because you'll have a lot of people who will copycat. Like there's services that just try and be the new Amazon. Amazon sure. owns that. Like we don't, we don't need another Coke. We don't need another BMW. But there's lots of room. Tesla came up in a very saturated car market. Hey, dude, Allbirds. If these I had are asked big them what companies. they wanted, they would have said faster right. horses. But the, the point is, is like going back to our prerequisites, there's opportunity everywhere and you need to believe that you can. Because otherwise, I mean, like I said, I said, hey, dudes and Allbirds. If you were a hey, dudes, Allbirds person, you'd be going, oh, well, there's Tom's. They, you know, they, they're in the same market. They're, we can't do them. And if, if you have a wrong understanding of what you're doing, a lot of people will come in and want to be have Nike results but they're doing like an Allbirds product. And, what I, and when it, I think about Allbirds, I think about, if you don't know what Allbirds are, they're, just, they're, just, they're a shoe, right? right? When I think about Allbirds, and I, I bought them back, I, I, maybe they were earlier than that, but I bought Allbirds in 2016, and okay. I'm pretty sure that's when they first came around. Yeah. Um, they had such a great understanding of marketplace product and story. Yeah, and so uh, where you would get frustrated, once again, is if you're chasing money and you're coming in, you're like, oh, Man, Nike do Nike do six point five billion or whatever they do a year. Imagine if we could just take like ten percent of their market. That's where, you're wrong. You're not in the same market as Nike because they're serving a different who than you are. Right. And that's where so that's what I mean. So many people they never get past marketplace. Well, think about Crocs, man. Yeah, like they created <laughs> yeah, their own market. Yeah. They didn't take market from anybody. They created their own. Yeah, ex- but why, but how many people would have been like, what are you doing getting into shoes? Right. Or people go like, well, everybody needs shoes. Like the, the other part of this danger is you do simple math. Garrett, I've got an idea for a baseball product. Did you know that 13 million people play baseball? All we need to do is get 1% and that would be this many sales. Okay. I can do simple math too. There's 365 billion, you know, million people in America. Imagine if I just got 1% of them to listen to our podcast or whatever. It, it's, I, we want you to believe that yeah. it's possible. Understand your market. But if you, if you, if you do that part right, 
you've got to also get product and story. Right, because but what, what's the driver there when you're doing simple math? You're just it's, after the money. It's money, exactly. You're not thinking about the person Think you're about serving. what's possible from the context of not, not of how much money could I make, but how much value could I add. Exactly. So when you're coming with a value add, once you know who you're serving, product becomes very fun. You yeah. can create and design, and your product is, is your goods and services that you've assimilated or designed. And when you understand who you're serving, product creation actually becomes really fun. You also will not create a product that your consumer doesn't need because you're not solely chasing money. And this is where companies used to be satisfied at, at staying the size they were and all the different things that Garrett could speak to with how our economy has changed. And now because it's like, well, we got to keep growing, shareholder industry, we got to keep growing, we better try and find new things. And it's like, some there's some things that there is a limit to, right? And yeah. that's okay. Like not everything is infinite. Uh, but the point being, when you a good product is aimed at a very specific person, it solves a very specific pain. Another cautionary tale. Fringe is not your target. And what I mean by that is you may design a product. You may have designed all birds for male fishermen. I'm just making this up. No, I'm serious. Like you might say men, male fishermen are going to love this. And you may find that soccer moms end up loving it. Does that mean that you should try and like do the all soccer mom, all fisherman con- product? No. Your fringe market, if, they're, if they find you, great. Be happy with it. Let it happen. But don't change who you serve. One of the things uh, about product that I love, and this, is, this isn't just, this is principles of marketing because products is part of that. But I think this, this product part applies to, this is like water, sun, and soil understanding. Right. One of the water, sun, and soil, like deep principle thought processes for product to me is excellence. Right. right excellence right. always adds value. I've, I've said this before. I'll say it again because I, I like it and I think it helps people and I think it adds value to them. There's two types of excellence, right? There's obedience excellence, which is like, hey, do you just walk past trash on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. There's things you know you should do for your product, right? Like in some, and there's people who know how they could make their product better and they just don't. Right. They're lazy, yeah. right? Lazy is the opposite of excellence. But then there's a second part of excellence, which is knowing what's unique, what's special, yeah, right? Like anybody, anybody can pick up a camera and mm-hmm. photograph stuff, but someone who's great knows how to photograph in a way that other people don't, right? That's an example of excellence has wisdom. Excellence has knowledge yes. of how to do something that other people don't. Excellence always has, va- has value. If you can become very excellent at something, even if you miss on marketplace, if you're like in a average or even a right. dying yeah. market, if you have the best product, there's this great story, I forget their name, but of the last soy sauce company in Japan to make soy sauce by hand. Mm. In the It was the early 1900s, I think late 1800s, all the other soy sauce manufacturers industrialized, right? They went to like a machine-based soy sauce process because obviously it was cheaper, right? And so they were just trying to make as much soy sauce as possible. And they thought this is the way to make much money, let's sell more soy sauce, we'll sell right. it international, all of that. And over, over time, all of these companies or families that made soy sauce by hand ran out of business. There's one left. Mm. And I buy soy sauce from them. I just can't remember their name because it's a Japanese <laughs> name. It's definitely not Kikoman. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Kikoman. Um, they're manufactured soy sauce. Anyways, <laughs> I watched a video documentary about this family. Because that's what yeah. they are. They're a family. Very and cool. and the, the guy who was in it, I want to say is seventh or eighth. He was seventh or eighth generation. And you could tell how much he loved it. And the stuff that he talked about is like, man, this dude like knows so much stuff about this. It's seven or eight generations of wisdom that's been passed down to him. And they comp- they, they're, you know, a bottle of soy sauce for them is $55 instead of like $8 for a bottle right. of Kikamon, yeah. right? But one, it tastes way better. It's real product. And it's made by people who know how to do things. No one else knows how to do what they do anymore. Uh, Everyone else has forgotten. That's amazing. And so even in a market that was dying or changing or running away from them, because they were the most excellent, they're, they're still mm-hmm. succeeding today. And that's a biblical, that's biblical, right? There's, if you're excellent, you'll stand before kings, it says in Proverbs. That's right. I love that. Now, we talked a little bit about the product there, and, and one of the misconceptions with that is people are just like, oh, if I, if I just had the right product, if I had that product, it would be easy. And they're, they're misunderstanding a lot of the whole story. One of the things that's driven me crazy throughout my career is when people are like, oh, we'll just put some marketing on it. And I'm like, <laughs> you are making... because you, You've had to deal with that a lot. A lot. Because what they mean by that is... Hey, we, get the marketing guys in here to set, do yeah, this stuff. Yeah. They don't want you to help them with... Because like, you want you care about products and you yeah. want to sell good products and you want to help them shape the product. You want to help them understand right. their story, story. And they're like... No, get the, get the Google guy in here. Get right. the Facebook that, guy that's, in here. That's exactly right. When they say get the, we just need to get the marketing right, they just want someone who can go into dashboards and turn on their ads. They assume that their product yeah. is perfect and their story it's is exactly right. Exactly right. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, we just don't know how to do the, the Google right. ads. Just do your job. I, I don't, and the thing is, G, I don't even know that they assume that they're right on those things. That they, they do, but I don't even know that they're aware that they're, they're assuming that. They're just like, oh, we got to get that. They just see what they don't know. 
right? They yeah. don't, they don't, and they don't know what they don't this know. This is to me, this, if I want to zoom out on this, this is some of the way that I've like tried to live my life. I watched a lot of people and I wouldn't, we're not in the influencer space, but if we just want to talk about that, like what I saw in influencers, I saw a lot of people who they were way more focused on building an audience than they were on developing a message, right? which is like, Hey, you know, I, my product's good enough. We just need to sell it harder. Yeah. Right. And what I learned from, from great people that I follow from great people who have mentored me, what I said is, you know what, if I'll make my product so great, if I make my message so great, then the audience will find me. Mm-hmm. And what I've, what I've, what we've actually done together, and Nick's been a great part of this with me is Nick's helped me develop our message together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then we've said, now we're ready yeah. to market it. Yeah. Cause we were also figuring out who we were together. Yeah. And that, that was something that we, you know, we spent what a year and a half before or more than that, actually almost two years so before we ever later said, this year is three years for us. Right. And, and, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, and that journey that we walked was, was, you know, a lot of discovery, but it was also very intentional. We never wanted to be the guys that were just like out front, uh, doing something that we, we didn't, we weren't anybody sure can sell, anybody yeah. can chase money, but only people who are focused, only people who care about others, only people who know the world around them and understand principles can deeply add value to others. Yeah. I love that. So let's get to story, which is the final element. We're getting close to wrapping up here. And the great thing about story, there are there is a structure to put your story in place. And I'm actually going to give it to you. But the wonderful thing is, is that when you know who you serve, you understand them, you know where they're at, and you understand the pains that they're facing, the challenges, the things that you can do to add value, your story becomes a lot more obvious, right? I've seen some crazy shoehorn stories, and I'm not going to get into specific examples, just in case somebody who works there is listening, <laughs> but there are some... Uh, very twisted stories. What I will say is that when the story is not authentic, it doesn't work. One of the great things you can take comfort in is truth always wins out. Why? Because it's God. God is, that's right. That's his truth. But for the story, remember, here's some of the downfalls. Number one, your product is not the hero. Your business is not the hero. Your mission or your cause, not the hero. Your customer is the hero in your story that like, it sounds obvious, but so many times like, let me tell you about, okay, you just lost most people, right? So once you know who the hero is, you want to talk about what the dream outcome is. There is, and this is, comes from knowing them. When you know what they care about, you know what they want and where they want to be. What does their dream, whatever it may be, they're look on a like? journey, right, of becoming the hero, right? What does that look like? Well, then, so you lay out their dream outcome. You identify the pain points because what you're doing is you're showing that you understand them. If I said, "Hey, would you like to would you like to have six pack abs and and great biceps, but don't have the time to work out, don't have time for meals?" And then I insert my easy 15-minute workout plan that also comes with the meal plan, blah, blah, blah. You insert the solution, right? So you, you identify the dream outcome. I just made that up off the top of my head. You talk about the pain points of the customer. You then deliver the solution, and you finish with a call to action. When you do that right, the actual purchase will become logical. And what's more important, what's so much more important than that, is that the, you'll find that people love you and love your product and love your company. It creates such a loyalty. And I will tell you that in a world where it's so much easier to get in front of people with all the social media noise, creativity and authenticity have never been more valuable. And that's be, and it's because authenticity creates real product. Yep. You can't fake authenticity. Authenticity yep. comes from, I really love these people. I love my customers and I want to help them. I know what they need and I've spent a lot of time developing the product. And because I know them so well and I know what mm-hmm. they need, I can tell them a story that suits them. I can tell them a story that meets them right where they at because I've spent so much time with them and I know what they need. Yeah. One of the things that's kind of cool, geez, because we just we do, we're just who we are. No one ever goes like, I don't believe you. We, I mean, look, we've been doing mindset mastery. I don't even know how many people we have in it. And we're so grateful. And we love being with our mindset mastery team. We've had plenty of people come in and we leave. haven't had, we've, we've had people come in and leave. Yeah. Um, I think, th- uh, I think there's only one really negative review we've gotten on the podcast. And that was when we had a guest on and they didn't like the way <laughs> yeah. we interviewed the guest and they were a big fan of the guest. So I understand that. Right. Right. That's one, that's a negative review we've had. We haven't had anybody say like your, your product doesn't help me. Yeah. You guys are, you guys are fake. You guys are disingenuous. I don't know where, you know, this content comes from, but it's not helpful. We've never received any of that. Right. Because that's not who we are. And honestly, um, that I, I say all that to say because I can't speak for other businesses. But what I will say, we also have some people that we're, we now are in relationship with, whether we've ever met them in person or not. It means something, right? And people can feel that. And I'm only using our own example because I can speak the most to it. When you have that, you start to really create something special. And that's, what's, that's what you want to build. You don't want to build some widget company that you're like, oh, I made this much passive income. There's people out there who their goal is to be a, a founder and to exit companies. And I, to me, that's just, that's not the way I, it's meant I don't, to be. I'm not here to make money. I'm here to add value. And yeah. why? Because I want to live a life of purpose. And I know that the people that listen to this podcast, they want the same thing. We're all, I'm, I'm not trying to get you 
you to join my team. I'm not trying to sell you onto somebody else's team. We're all on a team advancing the kingdom of God, and we're trying to inspire other people. Yes. Come with us, right? It's not about us. It's about God. Yeah. And we want to follow him. We want other people to follow us and following him. 100%. Now, I'm going to give you a very quick water and soil example of whenever the uh, the 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 it all comes together. When you get product story <laughs> marketplace right, where it comes together. Now, what I will say is water, sun, and soil. When you know who you're talking to, you know what they care about. You have a product that meets those needs and you have a story. Now your water, sun, and soil becomes very obvious because like I said, from an oversimplified view, this is where it all comes together. If you just get the right message in front of the right people at the right time, you're going to win. We right. all agree on that. Well, once you know those things, what do you have to do, G? Just keep going to the well. I'm going to make sure I get this message and this product in front of these people. If it's not the right time, I'm going to make sure I get in front of them later. I'm going to keep doing it. And, and you that's can, how you and grow. you're consistent in it. I'm going to make sure yeah. I understand my customer as they change. Yes. I'm going to keep working on my product and making it better and better. And I'm going to be aware of my story. I'm going to be authentic in where we are. Whether we change, the product changes, my customer changes, yeah. I'm going to be authentic in who I am and tell a true story. Yeah, I will tell you that every one of my businesses, all three of them had the best year I've ever had last year. And it's because I use water, sun, and soil in every one of my companies. Right. I could tell you what my three things I always must do are. Uh, and when I say that, I mean, I know my methodology. The, the water, sun, and soil comes when you know how to get in front of them. That's where the actual technology part comes in because you're like, now I've got my message. I know who I'm talking to. I know where they're at. So I'm just going to keep being on whatever that platform may be or whatever that medium is. And that's how you win. Anyways, quick example, and then we'll wrap up. A company named Stanley. Stanley Cups. And no, not the hockey one. Uh, my wife recently took up ice hockey, hoping I would get her a Stanley Cup. Just kidding. Uh, I would get her one. Anyways. Good joke. Thanks. I saw that like on a meme on Instagram and I loved it. Anyways. Uh, so Stanley, Stanley's been around since 1913, which I didn't wow. know. And That's I, old. I looked it up because I heard this story recently and I loved it because it's a great example. I love companies that are that old. Yeah. It, it's a great example of product story and marketplace coming together. Stanley were not a company that many of us had heard of, or if you did, maybe you had like Unless a you're coffee up, canteen. Like, yeah, like hunters and construction workers right. with their old coffee thermos. Exactly. And so that's that's what Stanley was. It, I, mean, I, bet coffee you, thermoses, I bet you can find some Stanley thermoses oh, in yeah. like an old Folgers commercial. 100%. Yeah, the coffee thermos was like their jam, man. And that's what I would know them for. With the little lid yeah, cup on top. exactly. Yeah. But like I would never have picked them out as a company. In 2019, their revenue after over 100 years was $75 million which is great, yeah. right? But you could say there was Yetis who were way bigger, had like eaten their lunch and all sorts of things like that. Yeah, and Yeti came out of nowhere essentially yeah, exactly. compared to Stanley. Right, with a very similar but very specific target market and a great message and a great story, right? Okay, anyways, and great product, right? So they had it all as well. Well, coming to 2024, Stanley's expected revenue, $750 million. Wow. 10X. Why is that? Well, in recent times... There's a lot of memes about Stanley yeah, Cups. exactly. In recent times, you'll notice that Stanley, rather than talking to the construction worker and the outdoorsman, are very focused on women, which were an underserved market, like they had said. They didn't make a new product. Right. They, what they did was they took an existing product, they, and all they did was realize what these customers cared about. They started changing the colors. I'm reading one of their ads right now. It's the 30-ounce uh, the quencher with gorgeous health hearth and hand, which <laughs> with the Magnolia lineup. Definitely not aimed at men, right? The fresh, vibrant hues of the New Year, New You collection are all available in Target, right? And Garrett sent me this video of women rushing Stanley Cups in Target when yeah, they released these they new things. Yeah, apparently they just, like, did these pink Stanley Cups in Target, and they all, like, what ladies were waiting in line since 3 yeah. in the morning to... Right, and so and look who look what it is. They've now got a story. We're making these these things are for you. They're in colors you love. They have the little story. They're gorgeous. The magnolia lineup. And by the way, they got a key influencer that had a, a lot of followers that in the of female followers to help them push this when they made this change. When you develop great, when you know marketplace and story really right. well, right? You you need a good product, but when you have marketplace and story right, people line up for your product. Yeah, right. This is I, this I've seen a lot of this in the nutrition space. You can have an average or inferior product. But when you do marketplace and story really well, you create a cult-like following. Yeah, and so and that's what they did. They get so it's not that Stanley Cup's a great product. I'm not saying it's no, bad. It is, yeah. But why? Like, why do you have a cult-like following about a thermos? Well, because once they think about it, once they got the product, they knew who they were serving. They changed the product to match the people that they were serving. And then this is the mar This is the other part of of marketplaces where well, that's why then you put that influencer in. Now you know what you always must do. We've got to work with influencers that have this following because they have our demographic. We keep going to the well. Target, obviously we all know, I think that's a, a female demographic as well for shopping. You start putting it in the right places. They're not going to Home Depot with these things. So 
Anyways. So Nick, I, I asked you to talk about you water, do. sun, and soil because this is something that we talk about all the time. And on the last couple of podcasts with Rod and before that, we were talking about culture. We were talking about the pillars of purpose. And these are all a part of what? Why did we talk about right, water, yes. sun, and soil today? This is the Purpose Driven Profit Accelerator. We're going to be going so deep on all those things. More importantly, I gave you a bunch of examples about where you see these at work, the pitfalls. Uh, I did not get into a lot of all the different marketing options and some of the marketing methodology around user flow about how somebody goes from, I've never heard of you, to I love you. There's definitely a science to that and some principles involved there, but I didn't want this to be a four-hour podcast. But that is, that's what I bring to the Purpose Driven Profit Accelerator is getting you your water, sun, and soil. We're always trying to add value to everyone on this podcast, and that's why we do it. We've been yep. doing it for years. We're going to keep doing it for a long time to add value to as many people as possible. If you want us to do this with you, if you want us to help you with your water, sun, and soil, if you've listened to the Culture Podcast, if you listen to Pillars of Purpose, and you want to have a culture like that, you want a, a great team that's inspired to follow you, yes. that you're after something that's bigger than yourself, or if you're trying to get your water, sun, and soil right, how do I add value? How do I expand my product? How do I grow my business? Nick and I are like a power team. We've joined forces. <laughs> and, but Nick, you know, I, Batman, I love Batman. working on purpose, right? And Nick says it's like some of the greatest brand work yep, he's ever really seen is. because it helps companies develop an identity. Yeah. When you know who you are, you know who you're called to serve and you get with the right people at the right place and the right time. When you get that water, sun and soil, <laughs> hit the gong. Oh, double gong. Double gong. There you go, Pastor Keith quote I squeezed in there. Uh, I say all that to say, um, we've got the Purpose Driven Profit Accelerator. If you are a Christian business, business owner who wants to live a life of purpose, know that your business is advancing the kingdom. If you want to know what your water, sun, and soil is, if you want to work with someone like Nick who can teach you what that is for your business and know what you always need to do to grow, give us a call. Yeah, you, uh, I'll put the number. You can text uh, purpose to the number that's in the show notes, or you can just email us at purpose at the impossible dot life. Uh, there's no, you can just say, hey, I want more information and we'll get on a call and tell you everything. And if it's a great fit for you, we'd love to work with you. We are building a group of world shakers that are kingdom entrepreneurs that want to do their business God's way, want to be excellent at what they do, want to grow their resource so that they can advance this. You're not just going to be with Nick and I, you're going to be with a community of other kingdom minded. 15 people. It is filling up. I'm very excited about this, G. All right, guys. So appreciate you. I hope that was a blessing to you. We'll see you all soon. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to share, like, subscribe. If you think that this would be something that someone would enjoy, please send it to them. We appreciate it all. If you want to get in touch, you can follow us on Instagram at The Impossible Life. You'll find us on there. You can also email at impossiblelifepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want to get in touch and find out about Garrett's personal or business coaching, that's the way to do it. Thank you again for listening. Go out there, think better, and live the impossible. See you again soon. Long before ice baths were a thing, Garrett was doing them in the SEAL teams. Now we do them as part of our daily morning routine to make us better. We are very pleased to have partnered with Freedom Plunge. Freedom Plunge is on a mission to bring cold exposure to everyone. They believe that cold plunges should be affordable, easy to use, and represent the customer themselves. Cold plunges shouldn't cost a fortune, and these ones don't. Garrett and I both use our Freedom Cold Plunge every single day. It's customized. You can put whatever you want on them. For us, we have our Impossible Life logos. And here's the best part. Just for listening to this podcast, you can go to freedomplunge.com, use the discount code IMPOSSIBLE, and save $500 off any Freedom Plunge. These things are half the price of the ones that you see on the internet, plus you're going to save an additional $500 with code IMPOSSIBLE. Go to freedomplunge.com and get yourself one now. You will not regret it.